confidants, sober girlies. Are you looking to cut back or cut out alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. to excuse my um, sinus infection. I've had a sinus infection for like since January, basically. And COVID, probably. I keep getting tested. I'm like, you know, this is it. This is the time. This is 100% it. And then my ENT is like, stop coming here. I don't want to see you. you we don't have, have other COVID. people we need to see. He's like, there's a woman out there with a broken nose. This one's bleeding. Stop coming here. Take a fucking Claritin. And I'm like, but I can't breathe when I wake up in the morning. He's like, get a different feel, pillow. I feel funny, though. I feel sad. He's like, that's your depression. Go to your psychiatrist. <laughs> Speaking of depression, coffee dance. I have yeah. John Mo here. Hey. <laughs> Which like synonymous with depression. Uh, if you don't know who John Always Mo is. Always a life goal to be synonymous <laughs> With clinical depression. If you don't know who John Moe is and you like me, you need to know who John Moe is. He is not only an author and a writer and just the best podcast host and oh, voice wow. host. He's interviewed people 
very, very big celebrities, like so, some of the Duplass bros, Patton Oswald, Jamila Jamil, Maria Bamford. Oh, my gosh. Patty Harrison, one of my faves, Mike Berbicula. Oh, and not to mention, he did do a pull quote for the hit new book, Don't Fucking Panic, which I couldn't believe because it seemed so far out of my reach. And he came down to my level and he has a new podcast out to day called depression mode john mo you're here hello and you're here on depression mode your our, <laughs> our episode with you drops on the very first day uh wow so Patton oswald episode and kelsey dara episode on the same day thank you for saying my last name right it flows so easily <sighs> out of your mouth with, with a name like john mo you really can't fuck that up huh uh, it's been done. I've had substitute <laughs> teachers say moe. Oh, like, oh, put a little now. spice on it. I guess. No, it's like the stooge mo. Just... <laughs> Do you have an insane middle name? Just like Alexander Sebastian <laughs> Christopher. I wish. No, it's uh, it's Erling, which is my Ooh. father's name. My, my dad was Erling John Mo, and uh, he's uh, my parents are Norwegian. So it's what well, I actually think that is super fancy. Erling yeah. is like. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. You there's... sound like you own a castle. Well, there's some big soccer star named Erling uh, from oh. Norway, and he's he's like 19 years old, and he's a, you know, a, a, just a, a phenom. And it's uh-huh. weird because whenever I hear about him, I just think of my dad. You know, who is. <laughs> Are like, you telling people that's your son? You should. I should. I yeah. should. Yeah. That Just... my, my, my own 20 year old son might get a little offended. But... Uh, well, I'm glad you brought up that you have kids because that was a question I have uh, saved for later, but like, let's just dive into it. Shall we? Uh, sure. My connection to you, like, I'm not kidding when I say like, I truly thought you were out of my reach. I put you in such high regard of like, um, important journalistic work that I didn't even think you had social media because you know how those (laughs) reporters sometimes are like too good for those Mm, things. But you are a bit of like a classier uh, podcast host and that your structure is so you're a great storyteller. And thank you. When I first Googled podcasts about mental health, yours was the only one that came up. And now when I think of you, I think of depression. How does Yay. that feel? What is that like to be known for depression? Well, I, it's self-created. I mean, I <laughs> I had spent a, a lot of years, well, I was, an, I was an actor for a while. And then I just sort of, I was at Amazon. I, worked, I was an editor at Amazon for a while when I started to write oh. more. And then I ended up in in public radio. And so I would cover various stories I would, uh, I would I hosted some news magazine shows and you know ran a tech show for a while did a comedy show for a while uh-huh. and I I, I had like a you know a, I'm very very curious about a lot of things all the time mm. and you know went to a liberal arts college so you there never you really specialize all that much um, but I noticed you know and this was only about 10 years ago I noticed that whenever I would talk about mental health on mm. social media or, you know, I would be invited to talk to a group or something uh, based on on my writing about it, my experiences with it, mm. there was a real hunger for it. And, um, you know, I, I think I can string together a sentence pretty well, but I think it's yes. also <laughs> it's also a societal hunger uh, for it. Like it's a topic right. people have been dying to talk about. Literally. And, yeah, time because they didn't talk about it. And, and uh, so, so it was, I, I was like, well, I'll just lean into this. And, you know, initially when I started podcasting, it was like, well, I want to do a podcast. What kind of topic should I pick? And now it's like, well, I'm just going to talk about this stuff for the rest of my life. And it can be, you know, name the podcast or book or speech or newsletter or whatever it is. It's right. just, it's just my thing. Does it make you depressed to be talking about depression all the time, ever? Um, one of my favorite bands is The Hold Steady. Never and heard of them. Wonderful. You would love them. Okay. And um, New York-based band, but the the singer and songwriter is from from Minneapolis. And, and I've gotten to know him, Craig Finn. And uh, in one of his songs, he says, do you want me to tell it like it 
it's boy meets girl and the rest is history? Or do you want me to tell it like a murder mystery? Now I'm going to tell it like a comeback story. Ooh. So for me, all the mental health topics I do are comeback stories. You know, and so it's, I'm, I'm just emboldened and I'm strengthened mm. by the topic. It can wear you out, but also like, even if I'm talking to somebody who is in rough shape and doesn't mm. know what the future holds, mm. they're putting it out there to, to help other people, to help themselves, to help their understanding. Mm. So I think, you know, it, it's, uh, the work I do is never based on somebody, uh, sitting alone in a room it's based on except me right now um <laughs> same <laughs> but uh but it, it's about somebody trying to get better and and even that effort i think is a tremendous inspiration god damn that was beautifully put you really do have a way with words so what's your comeback story wow there's been a few i mean <laughs> the 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 shortcut version is i had been dealing with something since like seventh grade, um, mm. something like dehumanizing, frightening, alien, other, I didn't know it was depression. Mm. And so I stuffed it down deep inside. As um, we do. As we do, because you don't, the last thing you want to do when you're a kid is stand out in a crowd. Oh, God. God forbid, <laughs> terrifying. Um, and I found that I had a knack for, uh, performing and presenting myself. So like I could get, you know, I was cast in plays and I could do stuff there. I was good at giving speeches. I was, I grew up with a lot of comedy all around me and I loved it and I, Mm. I was pretty funny. And so when you have all that going for you, you could just say, well, I'll just put on a performance (laughs) all the time, all day, all day. Oh no. And, um, you know, and it, and it worked and, only when I was about in my mid thirties, I, I know, um, that's life, a long time for it to work. Uh, you know, I, I'm not somebody who catches on to things very fast. Like <laughs> every M night Shyamalan twist blows my mind. I'm oh, not expecting God. It. that is such a personality <laughs> trait for you to like put I'm, in your bio. <laughs> I'm stunned every time. Like I'll look over at my wife and she's like, yeah, I, I figured it out. I <laughs> um, but anyway, so so in my mid thirties, I was, um, the stresses had started to pile up and that, that breaks down your, uh, sort of retaining wall a little bit. And so I was, I was married. We had kids. I owned a home. I was having a, a job that I needed to take seriously as a career thing. And it all caught up with me and I started to fall apart. Mm. And my wife said, Jill said, um, well, I, th- I think you might have depression. And I said, mm. well, no, I'm not sad. I'm just inexplicably angry all the time, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm agitated. I, I thought that the condition of depression and right. the mood of depression were the same thing. Oh, right? go yeah. on. Well, I mean, it could take a lot of forms. It could, mm. it, you could have the, the mopey despair, but like I could always get out of bed. I've never had a problem getting out of bed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I was distracted. I was uh, angry. I couldn't sleep. Ooh. I wasn't violent, but I was, I was just like mad all the time. Uh. Um, and, and I said, well, no, I, I, I'm fine. It's just a stressful time. And she's like, well, we have two kids. It's going to be a stressful time for, for a long time to come. At least 18 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's been like this for a while. So that doesn't hold water. And <laughs> honestly, and I thought, well, I don't want to go into a doctor for two reasons. Mm. One, I didn't want to waste the doctor's time. Wow. Even though talking That's to people is what, what a doctor's job for. is. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's not worth the copay. Our copay at the time was 10 bucks. Oh, first of all, wow, $10. Yeah. Good I for wasn't you. worth a Hamilton to myself. <laughs> and, and Jill said, okay, fine. You don't love yourself enough to do this. Do you love Oof. me and the kids? And I said, Whoa. yeah, of course. She's like, great. Do it for us instead of yourself. Uh, ooh, how did that make you feel? She got me. You Damn, know, like, she got you. You know, when, when you've been outmaneuvered, you just have to knock the king over and take the L. You got to so, just admit it. You got to so, go. 
yeah. And so I went and, and uh, they said, yeah, you've probably had this since junior high and there's things we could do about it. And so that was the, that was the first comeback. And then yes, the second applause for that. Thank you. And then the second comeback was a couple years after that, when my brother died by suicide Mm. because of untreated, largely because of untreated depression, he was Mm. a recovering addict Mm. and worked a suicide prevention hotline and narcotics anonymous hotline. Wow. He lived down in San Diego and um, could, could really reason with anybody about why their life was worth living except his own. And he felt like all the problems he had had, the broken relationships, the spotty employment, the, the methamphetamine, mm. the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the homelessness, yeah. uh, the, the, you know, the getting money from people because with addiction, that's yep. all that matters is the getting your substance. Yep. yep. He's like, it's all because I'm, I am bad. I made bad right. choices. I'm Not. weak. Mm-hmm. Not that he had an illness. Right. Right. And he died because he didn't talk about it. And wow. so I, you know, I, I talk about this a lot in the, yeah. in the writing and, and speaking mm-hmm. that I do, but I just said, okay, I'll talk about it. You know, I'll be the loudmouth. If we all need to talk about this more, you know, let it begin with me. Right. I love that you call yourself a loudmouth. I'm the same. I, I say that too. I'm like, sometimes I don't know what I'm saying, but I just know <laughs> we need to say it. I just know I've been there. I've been on the brink and I just am yelling. Someone pay attention to me. There's a moment in my interview with you that comes out <laughs> at the same time where I just said, what must it be like for people who just... <laughs> don't talk sometimes. <laughs> I could never know. I don't know. I, you know, I, I fondle their blonde ringlets in amazement <laughs> as they've landed deep in the forest. Man. And, you know, thank you for sharing about your brother's story too, because I have written about, you know, suicide and suicidal ideology. And there's this, I've heard that there's a uh, a, like sort of like a switch that goes off when someone decides to, you know, end mm-hmm. the pain and it's, unless you can stop it in that, like time, that switched time frame, you know, mm-hmm. there really isn't much you can do and people have stuff going on. Like I'm not available at all hours. I've got, you know, I, yeah. I can't be next to someone at all hours of the day. And um, I just wonder how you went from, grief to advocacy and activism and how did that how did you even do that I just feel like I couldn't oh wow well there was I you know I I lived in Seattle for a long time I grew up in the Seattle area and um there was this the Aurora Bridge uh is in the middle of Seattle really high bridge um a lot of people have died on it Mm -hmm. and I had my own experience walking out to it to not necessarily intent on dying, but, but wanting to see what it's like to kind of push the moment to its crisis. Right. And, but I remembered that there was an effort underway to put up uh, fences along the bridge yeah. and there was opposition to it because people don't like to spend money in, in Seattle. And they said, well, if someone is determined to die, they're going to die anyway. So they'll just climb the fence or they'll go uh-huh. die somewhere else. Wow. But what a lot of the experts said, and I would I read up on this was that's not really necessarily true. Right. Because if you can delay the acting on the impulse mm-hmm. and get somebody to think about another possible future, if you can win that moment, yeah. then, then, then you allow for possibilities and, and that can make all the difference. And so, you know, that, that fence is up there now. And I think it's, it's saving a lot of lives. And, Mm. you know, I, some of the first interviews that I did, I I talked with both Dick Cavett about this Mm -hmm. and Maria Bamford Mm -hmm. of like, what I couldn't really get through was, all right, you're in so much pain and you want the pain to go away. But, if you do this, you know, Cavett said, there is no you to feel better, you know, and there's, that's a a logical 
gap yeah. to me. Like, wow, you know, you, you, and I, and I realized so much of the struggles that I had were about just wanting that pain to stop, right. but you got to be around to feel that relief. Oh. And, and what Maria said was, oh no, you know that in that moment, mm. you know, it, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like OCD or depression or anxiety, all these other things where, you know, how fucked up it is. Yeah. Um, but it's too strong. Yes. And so it's, she's like, yep. she's like the, the present moment is unbearable. And that's when you, that's when you get to that point. Right. Right. You know, but to me, like the, I mean, Maria is an inspiration in so many ways, but, right. uh, but the way that, that she can explain that is almost like a golden path, you know, through the understanding to a better future. Yeah. It's a, I, I think I mentioned this a little bit on the episode with you of like it, it, you're not thinking of other people. It's a very selfish yeah. and rightfully so like selfish, I think has a negative connotation, but it's maybe self-fulfilling. It's very um, self-obsessed. It's, it's inside. Yeah. Well, you're, you're beating the shit out of yourself. You know, <laughs> that takes a lot of concentration. You can't think of the rest of the world. You can't go do pick up your laundry at the same day. No, you're, you're in the middle like of a beat down. You're behind <laughs> yeah. the bar, kicking the crap out of somebody by the dumpster it just happens to be yourself. <laughs> yourself. I mean, like you, you, you do inject, inject a lot of comedy into the brand, I guess, you know, uh -huh. they brand, but it's like you, your humanness. Um, and just like the people you've interviewed. And I know that that was the appeal to you, right. When first starting out in the hilarious uh, world of depression podcast was like getting these comics to yeah like that. Well, part of, part of that was that I knew a lot of them. And so the booking mm. might be easier. Um, <laughs> But, but I had also, you know, I had cultivated relationships, interviewing them on other platforms. And, you know, I was in public radio for like 20 years. Wow. Um, and so they might be available, but I also noticed that a lot of the ones I followed would talk about depression, either on stage right. or, um, you know, like Patton or Maria, or, or they, I got to know them and they would just talk about it socially wow. as a, as a thing. Really? And like, yeah, just hanging out, just hanging out. It's just really common. And wow. so the original idea I had was let's figure this out. Like are, <laughs> are depressed people more drawn to comedy or does life as a comic bring out a depression? Like, what is it? And you find that it's unanswerable. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, Patton said, well, there's no more depressed comics than there are depressed dentists. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if a dentist was talking about suicide, <laughs> you'd find a different dentist. <laughs> but, but it's a comedian's job to, to share what's going on with them. Mm, and, and, it's, right. and it's their talent. Mm. And so, you know, and I know like Dana Gould, uh, the comedian mm. told me, well, it's, it's a perfect situation for a depressed person. Like you yeah. go to this town, you go up on stage, you know what you're going to say. You don't need to worry about what other people are going to say for the most part. Right. Uh, people are going to laugh at these certain moments. Then you could go back to your motel room alone and drink vodka. It's perfect. <laughs> Everybody wins. Um, the perfect job. The perfect job. But what I found, the more I talked to people who were storytellers, like right. whether they were uh, novelists, musicians, like singer songwriters, uh, comedians is that they could explain the human condition or they could um, illustrate the human condition. And that's yeah. what I really wanted. Like, I, I think I I'm interested in the science of depression. I'm interested in yeah. the brain chemistry. I'm not the best person to talk about that. We're not doctors, but I, in terms of like getting people to share the lived experience, right? I think that's a, you know, that's a, a hole that, that some of us have been trying to fill. Yeah. Cause you know, I had a like ironically depressing conversation with my partner the other day, just about like, you know, in spiritual awakening and kind of stoicism, it really is the uh, conclusion in all these books that nothing matters, right? <laughs> like we're just on a rock floating right. through space. Yeah. 
but like, why do we want to create joy in those moments in between? Like, why didn't we choose like the Justice League underworld side and just go like, no, <laughs> let's just fucking wreak, have it like, fuck the world. Like, why did we choose to try to fight for joy and laughter? I think maybe because we know that we're just this a temporary assembly of carbon, um, <laughs> you know, that will, that will one day collapse and then reform into something else. Right. I, I mean, I think it might like, I think a lot of creating things, whether it's a podcast or a book or a painting or whatever it is, is a bid for some degree of immortality or to, there you go. to stretch out your mortality. Legacy. But I think, but I think it's also just to make things a little more fucking pleasant yes. than, than they would otherwise right. be. Right. Yeah. I mean, and in a world right now, I mean, to, to, to bring the conversation a little bit to, to, to today. Yeah. What are we supposed to do when <laughs> everybody is feeling the collective fuckery and sadness and, you know, I'm not expecting you to solve it for me, but yeah. I was really hoping maybe you had a little something you could share. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't help me carry this boulder, <laughs> at least recognize that we both have boulders. Right. What the <laughs> fuck? Is your back hurting? About... <laughs> yeah. You know, like we're all carrying the elephant in the room on our backs as we walk around. Right. I mean, I, I had this moment um, before, before I started the last show, this was, you know, five, six years ago now um, where my family, my family was on vacation. I have three kids. Me and my wife have three kids. And uh, we do the tip. We did. We don't do it anymore. The typical mom and dad thing of like, let's go on interminable road trips. Oh, and that will be fun Jesus. for you somehow. I know. We're those I'm dicks. doing one later this year. To okay. <laughs> Yosemite with my father. And it's, it's a fulfillment for him that I am giving him. Oh, that's so kind of you. You're we were, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we were on our way back from the West Coast, driving back to Minnesota, Grand Tetons National Park. Beautiful. And Jill started to get this pain in her stomach that we, that we chalked up to bad hot dogs. Oh, well. And went to see Urgent Care in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Another and beautiful Please. Beautiful place. And the beautiful doctor said, oh, that's a stomach flu. Okay. It's certainly not appendicitis. Okay. It was appendicitis. Of course and, it was. And as we drove across the country, it got worse and worse. And <sighs> we, by the time we got to Minnesota, we were an ambulance. You know, <sighs> we were taking her. So dangerous. And she got to the hospital and it had ruptured and there was sepsis involved. Oh no. And, and she pulled through. Right. Oh, but she might not have. Right. And it was, and it was this thing for me of like, Oh shit. You know, we're, we're all walking in traffic. We could all get hit by a bus. You know, right. there's no guarantees in any of this. So what are you supposed to do here? Yeah. Like, like, okay, we're here on this spinning rock. We uh -huh. are carbon piles. Yeah. The fuck are we supposed to do? Yeah. You know? And so, you know, this is, this is a midlife crisis without the convertible or the affair, basically, that I was having. <laughs> no one's and, getting anything. No one's orgasming out of this. It's no, bullshit. certainly not. Certainly not. Um, and, you know, and I just, I thought, logically about it. And I thought, well, maybe you're just supposed to help carry the load for other people. You know, maybe that's, and maybe that's enough. Maybe you don't need to, you know, make a million dollars. Maybe you don't need to be the best in the world at whatever your profession is. Mm. You know, maybe you don't need to be, you know, like work out and have the perfect body. Maybe you just need to fucking help. Yes. You know, maybe you need to make things a little bit better than they would otherwise be if right. you weren't doing it. Yeah. And life is already so hard on its own that to add a global pandemic, yeah. mass shooting, racial injustice and inequalities on top of it. And I've said this a million times in interviews, but I think because it's gotten so bad, there mm -hmm. has shown this community and light and force people whether they liked it or not to recognize what was important to them on this 
spinning rock and carbon skin body. It's a it's a survival mechanism. Mm. I think mm. I think we're trying to survive because, mm. you know, I I was talking with <clears throat> Ken Duckworth, who's the medical director for NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, and. Uh, I was talking about the the trauma of the pandemic and and the the legacy we're going to have to carry through. And you and I talked about this. Like, will we be the the flapper gin joint uh, generation, or will we be hoarding pizza crusts uh, for eternity? Great Depression. Great Depression. Yeah. And and I said I was telling him like everything I could think of that might compare to compare to the pandemic, like social unrest and rioting. Uh, political upheaval that has also been happening <laughs> right simultaneously we have had all that right um, and and uh it's it's bound to be causing like this existential unsafe feeling of right. you know where and and i think what any species would do is <laughs> bond together strengthen numbers and mm. and try to protect each other and and yeah. maybe we can you know and and i think we'll be messed up for a while i yeah. think we're going to need that for a while maybe we can hold on to a little bit of the yeah. humaneness that that represents absolutely i mean i i wanted to ask too like what about your routine has changed for mental health in the last two years or you know year and a half my my floor routine or my balance <laughs> both okay and just you know routine is so important for people that discuss mental health i think for yeah. a living you gotta have a separation right you do um you know for me what i've been focusing on the last couple of years is um trying to be in the present moment as much as possible mm -hmm. and trying to, and, and the way I've been doing that is try to recognize the distortions that are happening. Mm. And so if I start to worry about something and then I start projecting out all the bad ways that can go in the future, mm. um, you know, or, and then thinking back, you know, so, so that's like a, uh, an anxiety projection. Sure. Um, and then I start to backwards project more of a, a depression thing. <laughs> Love like that for you. All the things that I've done wrong in the past that have led me to this <sighs> bad moment. <clears throat> right. That's, it, it's a bunch of suppositions and misinterpretations and lies right. that I'm doing in that moment. Right. And it's you're probably really good at it. <laughs> I'm very skilled. Yes. Um, but, but it doesn't help and it's, and it's built on lies and it's a distortion. So it's a matter of consciously catching myself in that moment mm -hmm. and then saying, okay, let's get back to the real moment here. Let's get back to what's happening right now. Like yes. if I'm worried about this, what do I actually verified know about this? Right. And it, you know, and without like, oh, and then so-and-so is going to say this and is going to take this away from me. No, that hasn't happened. Yeah. What do we know right now? Yeah, like for being shitty crystal ball predictors, we still right. seem to keep doing it for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's so much more work. Like mm. it's, why, it's why people with depression and anxiety sometimes need to... <laughs> take all those fucking naps because we're exhausted <laughs> it's so much mental energy going out to all create those time. things right. all the time and and so i've been working on kind of modeling myself after my dogs you know oh. who are like exist right in the moment oh. and are and are just content being there because they can't they can't go in the future and past no that's such but, a good comp it's, it's so important to have, to have that in my life. And, and I've been working on, I think we talked about it a little bit, the, the, um, John Kabat-Zinn mindfulness-based stress reduction meditation. Yeah. Sounds very um, fancy and, and with it. It's, it's very simple. <clears throat> it's, it's about being still and noticing your breath. I fucking hate that though, John. <laughs> you can't do it. I, I try and I force myself to, and I even try to trick myself into saying I like it, but that's very hard. When it's you're so hard. Ugh. Yeah. But you know what? You can't, 
do it wrong. Like if you can do it for 30 seconds, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it was meditation, removing the mysticism from it. Cause I had, I had looked into meditation a little bit, but like learning all these Sanskrit words and learning the history of the Buddha. I'm like, fuck, I've got places to be. And <laughs> I've got time. I need to be depressed. I can't also. Uh, yeah. And Sanskrit. Right. I, I, you know, things are going well on candy crush. I can't do it. <laughs> um, but once it boiled down to sitting, breathing, nothing else then then I started to catch on to it. And when I get away from it, things get, the distortions ramp up. And when I can stick with mm. it, the distortions settle down. Mm. And what is relieving about the present moment? Um, it's simpler, it's less work mm. and it's real. You can, mm. you can feel mm. the breath in your lungs and you know, you can think, well, that person hates me and they're going to get other people to hate me and I'm going to lose my job and, you know, my, my partner's going to hate me and get sick of me and I will die in a Walmart parking lot. None of that's, oh, God. none the of that's real. I, I'm pretty skilled. Like I said, I have a lot of experience, <laughs> um, but none of that's real. And so and it all takes brain cycles mm-hmm. to generate and it wears right. down your brain when your brain doesn't have to be that tired. That's an interesting point that you don't have to be. It's a, it's a automatic reaction of conditioning. It becomes the easier choice. Like I think it is very hard to not be the way we are to change, but we must, right? Or we die. Well, I think that the labor is put out there because we live in a chaotic universe um, mm. where we there are variables, there are unknowns. It's terrifying. Right. Um, and so I think, I mean, from, from friends I know who have OCD, I've experienced mm. it a little, but not much. Mm. But friends who have it in a serious way, it's like, it's fucking scary out there. I'm going to try to control my environment. And if it means these light switches, and if it means these Mm -hmm. things lined up, that's better than nothing. So I think we're trying to survive and, uh, and navigate and organize a world that defy defies navigation. Yeah. We're miracles. Like, like the fact that you and I made it this far is fucking insane. (laughs) I know. Like, look at us. We're thriving, dare we say. We're doing fine. You know, speaking of thriving, you have to tell me a little bit about depression mode because today's the day, baby. Are you so nervy? Like what, what happened from the last time you've been on air Mm. to now (laughs) for you mentally? What brought you back? Like, yeah. What are you excited for? So I worked at American Public Media for about 14 years and did a lot of different things there. COVID hit. Um, they didn't have as much money as they needed. And mm-hmm. and I got laid off and the show was mm-hmm. was canceled. Ugh. And you're like, you can't qu- cancel a show about helping with people with depression right before a fucking global pandemic. But hey. Right. Yeah. And you can't cancel health insurance for a family of five, but, um, but, you know, it was, it was a situation where, you know, I had been a company man for a long time and I felt like I was on this long, narrow road with Mm. no exits, you know, Mm. a Wyoming freeway, right? Mm, (laughs) Beautiful. There's there's no exits on that thing. Yeah. And suddenly I, you know, as soon as I got laid off. As soon as word spread about that, my phone started blowing up with different oh. companies that wanted to work with me. Right. Um, you know, some who wanted the old show, some who said we could work with you no matter what the show Love that. The company, my former employer didn't want to share the intellectual property. They Bye. didn't want to keep the show going, but they, I'm like, okay, I can reinvent. Yeah. I'm suddenly at a eight way intersection instead of a one way street. Beautiful. And, um, as I thought about 
what I wanted to do, I thought, well, there, there are two options. One, screw this, go to grad school, become a therapist, get oh. out of media entirely. Whoa. Because it's hard, you know? But you it's, are a therapist without well, the degree. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person who's accumulated a lot of knowledge. About? Um, the about same thing mental that therapists health. learn. <laughs> well, and that's what that's what friends who are therapists tell me. Like, right, go ahead and talk to people. You've done your work. Yeah, you've but been through it. You earned I've your I've been badge. through it. But I thought, well, instead of like relying on download numbers and ad sales and book sales and mm -hmm. tickets sold and and all this, why don't I just try to help people one on one? Mm -hmm. You know, there's way more demand than there is supply. You know, mm -hmm. people, I'm just famous enough that I could probably fill up my schedule real fast. Hell yeah. But then um, uh, places like Maximum Fun, where I'm doing my show now, yes. kind of showed me this model of like, okay, you make a show, you own that show. Wow, a concept. What's in that show, you decide it belongs to you. If somebody wants to make a book or a TV show or anything out of it, they, you decide. Right. And, and that's what really got, got the brain thinking. And so I thought, mm -hmm. okay, well, how many shows are we talking about doing at the old place? I would do about 20 episodes a year, mm -hmm. the new place. They said, well, we're looking at 48 episodes a year. So new okay. show pretty much every week. Okay. All okay. right. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, well, what could I do with that? I love you know, the more airtime, the better, right? Right. Um, we love our voices. You're, you've got to have that voice on Sweet Sweet Radio, sir. Because then you get the validation from strangers. You can't generate you for go. yourself. Everybody wins. <laughs> um, but I thought, well, I could expand beyond depression and comedians. I could, and mm. you, whoever else I've been talking to, I could talk about eating disorders. I could mm. talk about trauma. I could talk mm. about panic disorders. And, and mm. I could talk about how friggin' hard it is to get mental health in in america i could talk about what bipolar and bipolar yeah. 2 are and aren't i right. could talk about what borderline personality disorder is i could talk about the long-term trauma effects we're going to have from this thing wow there's no shortage of stuff to talk about right and then it How got appealing. really exciting and then I thought of the dumbest name I could think of, Depression Mode, I bounced it off my wife. She it. laughed and said, that's the name. That has to be the it name. It has to, like we, <laughs> I always call it like my depression, my depression, a little yep. meshy moment. Like th this is very like cool of you. The, the title <laughs> is very cool. Depression. It's a little, my, my 18 year old daughter knew who, Dep who Depeche Mode was. So there I was like, go. okay, it's famous enough. <laughs> the gag works. It'll be it, fine. Are you a fan of Depeche Mode? You know, I've, uh, I've spent some lonely times in teen nightclubs in the eighties. Okay. So I'm familiar with okay. the oeuvre. Okay. Um, it's, I'm not a big synthesizer guy. Like synthesizers and saxophones, I, I start to shut down a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, I can do healing bowls or that. And I've chosen healing bowls, but you can't make me do both. Yeah, it's it's a little tough. I was always, uh, you know, I, I probably a little more towards uh, towards uh, Joy Division, New Order, more so than Depeche Mode. I don't know what that is, but I'm so thrilled for you. <laughs> Well, speaking of your kids, you know, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but they must be so proud. And I wonder, like, what is that like to have kids? And also, again, like coming back around to the we know you're an activist and we know you're an advocate. We know you're more than just a guy who's known for clinical depression. You know, we've talked about your comeback story. I don't think I have the strength that you have in being bold enough to have children <laughs> like my number one fear is that they will turn out like me. And I'm like, why would I do this? But I know it's conditioning, it's trauma, it's breaking the cycle, but like, are they, are, what's that relationship like? Yeah. It's a roll of the dice. Like I, you know, two of our kids are, are slightly less than two years apart and they just couldn't be more different as humans. Wow. Um, I mean, it's, it's the grandest adventure in, in the world. Aww. And, you know, and I mean that in the Indiana Jones 
you might find treasure you might get crushed by a boulder kind of way oh great all on the same day like i <laughs> i i've never been one of those people who would tell friends who don't have kids like oh you gotta have kids what are you gonna uh, have kids i'm like i get it it's a lot i wouldn't ever god knows we've got enough humans there's okay, no right? particular need to have more i don't need to add to my insurance plan it's expensive <laughs> right right but um i mean a few things that I'm, that I'm proud of. I mean, I could go on and on of things I'm proud of with them, but oh. um, the way, the way we raise them about mental health Oof. is to treat it like an ear infection, you know, a sore knee, like, oh, this is going on with me. Okay, great. Let's get to a doctor, get it checked out. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, I figured that out. Okay, good. And, and so we don't, we don't miss like we don't mystify mental health or sex. We're like That's at a very amazing. early age. At a very early age, we're like, okay, this doesn't need to be spooky. Here's what happens <laughs> with sex. Here's, wow. here's how it works. And and you know, just not buying into any of the, right. the mysticism. And they know? they're alive and they're yeah. well. Yeah. And and um, you know, they are they're all three. Uh, funnier than me because they Aww. grew up on comedy. With a funny dad, right? <laughs> With a funny dad and a funnier mom. I'm I'm in a Aww. solid fifth place in our family. Oh no! But but, uh, but then like you just don't know what's going to happen. Like my son, who is interested in stand up comedy, oh, God. also is Bless. getting like, um, I think he finally declared history as a major, almost huh. ec like economics minor. Okay fields that I'm not even sure what they are. I don't know either. I couldn't tell you. He's into that. My daughter is into environmental science. Love that. You know, I know what that is. I have a theater degree. My wife has a fine arts degree. So like that's <laughs> what the are you form, guys gonna do with that? The form of rebellion. Like our our, you know, like for most people, like the the arts degree is the rebellion. For my kid, right. it's like I'm studying economics. And you're like, go for it, son. Don't yeah, like, be like me. Try to explain the GameStop thing to me at some point. You're <laughs> like, Bitcoin, do we have it? Can we get it? He no. he oh. made money somehow off Dogecoin. I got Dogecoin. And GameStop. That's incredible for him. Like if he, he got it on it, GameStop, that's great. He didn't make a lot, but he he's like, I want to see if I can ride this. It's like a oh, yeah. it's like a mechanical bull. Somehow he's he got a hold on, on Do Dogecoin though. You gotta tell him to hold. I am with him on this. I yeah, I don't I don't understand his world, but like it's it's a little though, like you know, what I, I said that that uh talking to you know youtube people like zach kornfeld yes your, your co-host i congratulations. know big fan of zach corn on this podcast and, and allison raskin you know i do feel like a chimp with an ipad compared to these people <laughs> because i am of a one older generation that like i'm i'm sort of just baffled and agog at what at what Great the youngs word. are creating no but you rock and roll. you'll never be like i'm making air quotes old because of what you're talking about it's like so desperately a topic that we are passionate about and like that's why i'm excited for depression mode and i'd love if you can like tell the confidence what we could expect this year sure sure um i i don't have a tiktok yet i know you want me to get a tiktok <sighs> we gotta get you on tiktok john i'm scared to you dance. will blow up on tiktok <laughs> therapist tiktok is the place to be is that the place to go okay i just had it to therapist on yesterday both have a million followers on tiktok i might need i might need your consultancy i am um, here so the show launches today March 29th uh with pat oswald and kelsey dara oh my god that's crazy uh, we've got a show on burnout the following week and just the mm. epic epidemic of workplace burnout and how the poison that's happening there yep. uh who else we got coming out zach kornfeld open yes. mike eagle um peter sagel from wait wait don't tell me yes um, and then and then some of these uh shows on on trauma we're talking we have one about uh the relative efficacy and security of apps mental health apps Whoa. some of which are run by medical foundation some of which are run 
by actual high school students, that's but they all incredible. appear the same and it's that's terrifying. Incredible. But like, so I love that, that, that this, this is so much more of like a wide variety, like you said. It's about what it's, the show is about what it's like to have a mind in 2021. And, and what to do it. with it. We Anyone all have it. It's got it. And can it's relate. probably got some dents and scrapes in it. So we're going to we talk all, about that. Don't we so. all? I, I think, think that's so. that's something that everyone should subscribe to, even if you can't relate to the topics, right? Like I personally have never struggled with an eating disorder, but I've got symptoms of eating disorder tendencies as it relates to my anxiety or depression. Well, and aren't you curious how it works. Like yes. I, I haven't, I, I don't say. think I've had those either, but like, I, I know already, we haven't made the show yet. I know already saying eating disorders is a way too broad of a term right. for what people get. You know? And I think so, like, if you're interested in mental health, depression mode is going to be that one where you subscribe. And if you're a fan of, you know, your mind, you're going to enjoy all the topics like that's what i'm most thanks. excited for is just to learn because like i said you're a great host you're a great storyteller oh, and it's been really nice to get a lot out of you i'm usually the <laughs> one that just you can't shut up and it's been such a joy uh john mo can you please tell the confidants where everyone can find you wherever podcasts are accumulated uh or search on depression mode go to maximumfun.org they have uh they have links there um I'm on Twitter at John Moe, Jonathan yes, H. Um, we're on, we have a depression mode newsletter on Substack. And Ooh. if you're, if you're checking this out before Tuesday, the 30th, I'm going to have the depression mode debrief on YouTube live. What? What time? Uh, well, yours is at 2 p.m. Central. Oh Patton's is at 1 p.m. Central. I've got to, I got to put it on my calendar. Yeah. Come on, put it on your calendar. come on by and we'll talk about you. It'll be oh awesome. Oh my God. That won't be weird <laughs> at all. Uh, well, you all of that will be listed in the description below. Please, please, please go give that a follow. Uh, check out John's stuff. I think he's so fantastic. And plus he liked my book, which means in my eyes, Love the book. You, you, I mean, Jesus Christ, like you, well, you can do no wrong. We should mention too, that, that we got, we got connected, um, just on by Twitter, which somebody again. on Twitter who said, you should just ask John. Yeah. <laughs> and and said, you're like, okay. okay, send it over. And I was like, wait, first of all, you have a Twitter. You're like a journal loss. Do you have a Twitter? <laughs> and second of all, I just sent it over and you were like, yeah, here you go. Bloop. And I was just like, we're like, we're like friends in science fiction, Kelsey. Like we're from <laughs> different planets yet. Somehow we are friends. <laughs> And that's what I love is I'm like, oh my God, he knows who I am. I know who he is. We like each other's work. I'm very happy. I'm very pleased with this relationship. <laughs> it's going well. Well, thank you, John, so much again. Confidants, don't forget you can rate this five stars on iTunes. It really helps. And if it's not five stars, please don't rate it at all because I'm very sensitive. Speaking of sensitivity, you can go check out the merch now and go pick up Don't Fucking Panic while you're over there. And we will see special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.